0: Acts chapter 18 verse 24. The Word of God says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the Scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. Though he knew only the baptism of John, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, The brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in every verse, every portion of scripture, there is something for us. And Lord, we stand in reverence to your word, and we pray that in these next few moments you would speak clearly to our hearts. Lord, we long and yearn for your precepts, for your testimonies, for your rules, for they are life, they are counselors, they are our benefits, and we pray that this morning we may have walked in one way, but we ask that by your grace we would walk out differently. And so Lord, we just trust right now that as your word is being spoken, no man would be heard, but God would be heard. God would be revered and God would be adored. And so we submit our hearts, we submit our minds, every part, every fiber of our being, in these next few moments as we hear the words of the living God. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God's people say, Amen. You may be seated. One of the wonderful truths of being saved by Jesus Christ is that yes, we do have eternal life, Yes, we do have life after death, but we also have life now. And part of that life that God gives us in this world, in this time, in these days, is that He has a plan for you. He has a plan for each and every single one of you who have truly given themselves over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So part of that abundant life that Jesus promised us is that there is this unique plan that He has ordained before the foundations of the world that you and I should simply walk in them. And so knowing that, we should be eager to know what God wants us to do. We should be eager not only to know what God wants us to do, we should be eager to wanting to be used by God more and more. And so that should be a prayer of each individual. Lord, I may not have the full picture of what you want me to do in this life, but all I want is for you to use me more and more. And if that is a cry in your heart, one of the things that we have to do is look in the scriptures to see men and women who have been used by God and to see how they have aligned themselves in order for God to use them. And one of those men in the book of Acts goes by the name of apollos apollos and it gives us a very interesting descriptive description of this man because this is the only place in scripture where we see him doing what he's doing for god and later on in the letters we kind of see his name mentioned here and there so based on what we see here it tells us a lot about this man and what does it say about us it? It is that he's a jewish man Name Apollos from Alexandria, Egypt. So he was a Jew, but he believed in the Messiah. He believed in Jesus Christ. But it says that he was eloquent. He was a man who knew how to speak. He was a man who was a great orator. And he was competent in the scriptures. So he dove into the Old Testament. He knew the Bible. He was a man who studied well. And it says that he had been instructed in the ways of the Lord. Meaning, he was either discipled, Or he was either one who was taught by his parents who knows about the ways of God. He had been instructed throughout his life. More than that, he wasn't just a knowledgeable fellow. He wasn't just someone who knew how to present himself well. It says that he was fervent in spirit. He was passionate. It says in the same text that he boldly spoke in the synagogues. Meaning... He was one who took the truths of God and he got your attention when he spoke. He was somebody that took the words of God and he preached it powerfully. He taught it powerfully. That's what it says here. It says that he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. Now this is something to take notice of. What an incredible description of a man competent in scriptures A Jew who believed in the Messiah, one who taught fervently and accurately the things concerning Jesus. And here we see that he came into Ephesus. This man was a minister. This man clearly has dedicated himself to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim what he knew was to be the gospel. And we might see somebody like that and say, wow, this person is being used by God. We might look at this text and say, wow. Apollos is clearly walking what God wants him to walk in. We might say even that he is walking in the maximum capability of what God called him to walk in. But what we need to realize is this. Is that Apollos was just starting for what God had for him. Apollos was just beginning to see what God had in store for him. Because what we are going to find out about Apollos is that very shortly... The ministry that he had was about to spread abroad. Apollos himself, maybe whether he knew it or not, was going to even serve with the Apostle Paul. In Titus 3.13, it says that Apollos was being sent to Crete where Titus was, and Paul was saying, make sure that he has no needs. We see it later on in 1 Corinthians 3, that when Paul is speaking to the Corinthian Christians, he says, I planted, who watered? Apollos watered. And God bring the increase. And so Apollos starts out this way, but in a few moments, he's about to find himself elevated to the place where he is traveling abroad, even with the apostle Paul. And this is what we need to be encouraged by, that God is the one who expands and increases the ministry that he has given us. That as long as we walk faithfully in what God has called us to do, God is in charge of opening doors. Not only that, that when we walk faithfully with God, there is no knowing what's in store for us. The doors that can open, the opportunities that can present themselves, the people you can find yourself even ministering with. But that's not the main point of the message. Because we can look at a guy like Apollos and say, well, surely he's inspirational because of his knowledge and because of his abilities and because of his giftings. But I would argue that there's something else that he's to be inspired for. And we might even look at this and say, well, surely he was recruited by the Apostle Paul and these different apostles because of his knowledge and because of his gifting and because of his abilities and because of his eloquence but I would argue otherwise as well. One of the features and one of the characteristics that Apollos carries, I believe, is the reason why he was used by God the way he was used by God. It wasn't just because of his gifting. It wasn't just because of his knowledge. It wasn't just because of his fervency. It was because of one little subtle trait. His teachable spirit. Look at me here with me here in verse 25 again. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, who though though rather he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So what it says here about Apollos, though he was accurate in his teaching, though he was fervent, eloquent, intelligent, all these different things, it says that he only knew the baptism of John. Now, John's baptism is not the same baptism as the water baptism that a Christian partakes in. John's baptism, when he started out his ministry and proclaimed to Israel to repent and to believe, John performed a baptism of repentance. That baptism was for the Israelites and those Outside of Israel as well, mainly Israel, to come to a place to say, I believe, John, what you're preaching about, that the Messiah is coming. And so I'm going to perform in this baptism in order to cleanse myself in preparation for the Messiah to come. And so John's baptism was this. I'm going to repent and cleanse myself through this act of baptism in order to prepare myself for the coming of the Messiah. Water baptism is different. When a Christian gets baptized, there is an element of repentance, there is an element of turning away from the world, but there is one main emphasis. When a Christian gets baptized, he identifies with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, water baptism is identifying with his death and resurrection. So, what does that say about Apollos? Apollos' knowledge of Jesus was limited. He might have heard John the Baptist preach himself. He might have heard of somebody who heard John the Baptist preach and told him about the Messiah to come. He believed that the Messiah was to come. He perhaps even became baptized in John's baptism. But he did not have the full knowledge of Jesus Christ. Perhaps he did not even know about Jesus' death and resurrection. Perhaps he did not even know about the Holy Spirit that was to come. Perhaps he didn't know about the full extent, the depth of Jesus' ministry and life. And one day he goes into a synagogue, he preaches a sermon, fervently and passionately. And there's this couple named Priscilla and Aquila that hear him and notice that his theology is not fully there. And so what do they do? Once he finishes, they take him aside perhaps to, the, to their home, sit him down and explain the things of God more accurately. And there's a wonderful truth in there for each of us. That it doesn't matter how gifted you might think you are, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you might have, it doesn't matter how passionate and fervent, it doesn't matter what kind of influence your ministry might have on others, there is always the possibility for growth. There is always the possibility for growth. And we must in ourselves be open to the possibility for improvement, not just in theology, like in this case. Hear me, not just in theology, in our attitude. In our character, in our abilities, in our social skills, in the way we represent Christ at the workplace, in the way we act like Christ in our families, there is always room for improvement in wanting to represent Christ well. And we must have a heart to say, yes, though I might be accurate, Paulus was accurate, but we can be open to being, receiving instruction to be more accurate. He was accurate. I mean, he was in a good place. But it says that they took him aside and they wanted to teach him more accurately. So you and I can be more accurate, not just in our theology, in our attitude, in our ministry, in our effectiveness, in how we serve. All these different things have always, we have to process ourselves to always have the the heart position to say, I can be more accurate. I can be more effective. But the possibility of becoming more accurate the possibility of becoming more effective for Jesus. If you, this, this, doesn't, this doesn't matter to you if you don't want to be used by God. I mean, you'll just tune yourself out. But if you want to be used by God, if you want to find yourself in a place saying, Lord, I want to be used by you, the possibility of being more effective, the possibility of being more accurate is not going to be a reality unless you have this one quality, and it is this, a teachable spirit. What is a teachable spirit? Because Apollos had it. A teachable spirit is a heart posture that is willing to be instructed and corrected with joy. A teachable spirit is a heart posture that is willing to be instructed and corrected with joy. That is what it means to have a teachable spirit, to be instructed. Willing to receive something from someone that will build upon who I am and what I already know. And willing to be corrected, to receive something from someone that provokes me to realign or readjust who I am or what I know. And we make that distinction. Why? Because a teachable person is not somebody who can just take correction and say, Thank you, brother. A teachable person is not somebody who can just take a rebuke and say, I appreciate that. No, that's just half of it. A teachable person is someone who willingly desires and pursues things and people in order to learn more. Did you catch that? A teachable person is not just, yes, I can receive correction. A teachable person is, I want to know more. I want to find people that will speak into my life. I want to learn from people in the past. I want to learn to know how I can become more like Jesus. So it's not a passive heart posture. It's an active heart posture. Yes, I can receive correction, but also my heart longs to learn, longs to grow, longs to do whatever I need to do in order for me to excel and grow in my character and in my ministry. Apollos had that quality. So now that we know what a teachable spirit is, we have to ask, how do I know if I have that kind of a spirit? Because we can all say, yes, I have a teachable spirit. I want to grow in Christ more. I'm willing to receive instruction. I'm willing to receive correction. Yes, I do want to learn from other people. But we're going to find out if we really do have a teachable spirit. And that will determine, once again, how we grow and how we excel in our effectiveness and our reflection of Christ. And so we must put ourselves in Apollo's shoes right now. Think about this. Here's this man who has a ministry, who's eloquent, who's intelligent, who's fervent. And one day he comes to the synagogue and he preaches his heart out. And right after his sermon, here's this couple that he's never met before. They come and meet with him and say, you know, that was a great sermon, but... You you don't mind if you just come along with us, do you? No. And so he comes along with them, and they begin to teach him. Teach this preacher. Teach this minister. Teach this evangelist, this apologist. The things of God more accurately. Put yourself in Apollo's shoes for a moment. And this is the first question we have to ask ourselves if we want to know if we have a teachable spirit. Here's the first question. How do I respond to correction? How do I respond to correction? Apollos here was approached by Priscilla and Aquila, and they took Apollos aside with them. Meaning, Apollos had to voluntarily follow them to receive more explanation concerning the things of God. There is a reception here. There is a willingness to listen. There is a willingness to wanting to learn from these people. And that shows that Apollos was willing to be corrected. And the question comes back to us now, how do I respond to correction when somebody tries to correct me or rebuke me? What happens to your heart when it happens? Where somebody sits you down and says, you know, brother, sister, I I just want to ask you, I want to tell you something that I've seen in you. I want to tell you something that I want to advise you in? What happens to your heart? Do you become defensive? Do you begin to cut that person off even halfway through their speaking and you begin to defend yourself? Do you begin to, not only that, retaliate and say, well, yeah, this is not me, but look what's in you? Do you tune yourself out as the person is speaking to you and you're just nodding your head to get the conversation over with? Do you have people in your life that you have given permission to speak into the things that need to be corrected? Do you admit when you've done something wrong? You know, brother, yes, I was wrong. You know, sister, yeah, I was wrong in that. Thank you for bringing that up to me. What is your response to correction when somebody comes and brings something before you? Apollos here received it. Apollos here was willing to listen. Apollos had a heart that was able to receive correction. And that says a lot about whether we have a teachable spirit or not. Let me read this proverb to you here in Proverbs 9, 8 to 9. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Whoa, did you see that? Don't reprove a scoffer. A guy mocks and is foolish with his mouth and foolish in his life. Don't reprove him. Don't even rebuke him. Don't even even do it because he'll hate you. He'll hate you. How dare you speak against me? How dare you tell me I did something wrong? Don't even bother. But reprove a wise man. And what? He'll love you. He will love you. What else does it say? Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. What a heart posture to correction. That there are those, who when they receive correction hate you for bringing that up to them are angry towards you for bringing that up to them are defensive towards you because you brought that up to them but then there's another heart posture and it symbolizes and it points to a wise person that when you bring it up to them they say thank you so much thank you i listen i did not see that area in my life thank you i did not know that i misinterpreted that scripture thank you i did not know that that's how i sounded when i spoke Thank you. I did not know that that's my posture, my attitude in public. Thank you. Why? Because a wise person wants to look more like Christ and they are willing to receive anything in order to be changed into his image. So they say, I love you. Thank you. They love reproof. They love correction. Now, we're living in fantasy land if we think that it feels good all the time when it does come. When correction comes, it's not like, yes, I have joy bursting in my blood right now. More than that, it's actually painful because you realize that maybe you missed something or you've done something wrong, you didn't even realize it. But it's not a matter of how you feel or not, it's a matter of how you value the correction because you know that you can implement it in your life and you can be brought to a place where you can look more like Jesus now. Apollos here was willing to receive correction. He had the right heart posture concerning correction. And if we have a teachable spirit, we know how to respond to correction and rebuke as well. But it's not just that. A teachable spirit. How do I know if I have a teachable spirit? One, well, how do you respond to correction? Two, how well do you work with others? How well do you work with other people? That is a great indication if you have a teachable spirit. Why? Apollos was an evangelist. We see he was an uh, apologist, he was a traveling minister. It seems as though he was working solo. Now people debate whether Apollos was saved before he met Priscilla and Aquila or he was saved after because they taught the ways of God more accurately. I personally believe that he was saved even before because he believed in the Messiah and they just added to what he knew. That's one argument that they say. Now, pick a camp, but the principle is still there. Here is Apollos serving Jesus Christ and though it seems that he may be going solo, he's actually part of the body of Christ. Because he meets Priscilla and Aquila, and we are all in one faith, we have one Lord, we have one gospel. And so no matter what ministry you think you might have, whatever capacity you're at, you and I work as a team with something called the church, the body of Christ. In your local church, in the universal church, we are one team. And so we need to ask ourselves this question, how how well do I work in advancing the kingdom of God? with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Was Paul receptive? Was Paul a a member of the church working well with his brothers and sisters in Christ? Yes, we see it right here with Apollos and and, uh, Priscilla and Aquila and later on he's gonna work with the Apostle Paul. And so the question we have to ask ourselves to know whether we have a teachable spirit is this, how well do I work with others? If you find yourself working with different ministries or different groups, this is not just even a church thing. This is a secular thing. Secular people in the secular world want to know how well you work with others. If you find yourself having problems in every group that you're a part of, perhaps you're the problem. Just a thought. A teachable spirit is one who's able to work well with others. A person who's not teachable within a group setting, whether it's worship team, Preaching team, evangelism team, apologetics team, any team. A person who's not teachable, there are some signs that show that they are not teachable. Here's a sign. They are always willing to give their opinion and not regard the opinion of anybody else. A teachable person, a person who has a teachable spirit, is one who knows when to talk, but also one who knows when to listen. So an unteachable person is one who dominates With their opinion. And when somebody else brings their opinion, no, it's my opinion that must come. It's my idea that must pass. It's my idea that has to come through. It says in Proverbs 18.2, paraphrase, a foolish person does not shut up. They just want to give their opinion and they don't want to listen to instruction. It has to be their method. And if it's not their method, they're not willing to comply. It has to be what they believe has to go through, and if it's not what they have to go through, then they put up a fight. It's not that a teachable person does not give their input. It's not that a teachable spirit does not give their insight or their ideas. It's not that a teachable person does not use his expertise in order to benefit a ministry or a group or a team. It's that a teachable person is willing to, despite all those things, Listen and acknowledge and affirm others. Apollos was willing to listen to Priscilla and Aquila. And you and I, if we have a teachable spirit, as we desire to work as a team for the body, for the kingdom of God, we must be willing. Though we might feel like we have more knowledge, though we might feel like we have more expertise, though we feel like we might even be right. Maybe you are right. Still, your heart posture is I'm willing to affirm you. I'm willing to acknowledge you. I'm willing to listen to you because you might have something that I do not see. That brings us to the next point. A teachable person knows how to receive correction. A teachable person works well with others. And a teachable person is able to say this, I am willing to learn from anyone. I am willing to learn from anyone. As we've already mentioned, Apollos, an apologist, an evangelist, what seems to be a full-time minister, fervent, he has some kind of a, an influence because people know of him. He has some kind of a reputation. And here he is after he preaches a sermon, Priscilla and Aquila come. Who are Priscilla and Aquila? All we know of Priscilla and Aquila is that they are a married couple who love the Lord. And in Acts chapter 18, verse 3, it says that they were tent makers. And later on in 1 Corinthians, we know that Paul acknowledges that they have opened their home to be a church. But in reality, they're just a married couple that love God, that have a tent making business, and they want to just spread the love of God as much as they can. And this says something of Apollos. That though he is on a different level of ministry, he was willing to humble himself to listen to those who are not at the same level and say, I'm willing to listen to you because you might have something that I do not know. Do we see that in Apollos here? Absolutely. This is what a teachable spirit says I'm willing to learn from anyone, I'm willing to learn from my parents. I'm willing to learn from my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm willing to learn from the person who's been in the faith for one year. I'm willing to learn from the old person that seems not relevant to my culture, but has been in the faith for 50 years. I'm willing to learn from this person. I'm willing to learn from that person. I'm willing to learn from anyone and everyone. I just want to learn. I just want to grow. I just want to be able to excel. That is what a teachable person says. And I can tell you even in my own life, that up to this point, by the grace of God, I have not learned everything from full-time ministers. I can tell you the nuggets of wisdom that have been given by precious men and women of God that just had a love for Jesus and wanted to speak into my life. I didn't tune any... You know, people can tune people out saying, well, you're not this kind of person and you're not that kind of person and that's not a teachable spirit. But one who's able to say, I'm a man, but though you're a woman, I can still learn from you. You're a man and I'm a woman, I can still learn from you. You're from a different culture, I can still learn from you. You have an accent, I can still learn from you. You have this kind of a, I can learn from you. That's what a teachable spirit says. And Apollos, though these, this couple is not on the same level of influence or ministry, they're not known as apologists or evangelists, he still says, yeah, what do you have to say? Let me learn from you. That is a teachable spirit. And there are other questions we can ask that do not not pertain to this context. We can ask questions like, do I seek people's counsel before I make a major decision? That shows if you have a teachable spirit. Do I have friends in my life that have been dedicated and that I have called to speak into my life and correct me if I'm out of line? And the list goes on and on and on. But what we need to see here is that Apollo's though all these outside things are marvelous and to be praised and to be inspirational, the most important thing, I believe, is that he had this teachable spirit. And that's important for us to understand. Going back to that original statement, that there is reward for a teachable spirit. There is something to come out of a person who has this teachable heart posture. And we can learn from here in Apollos in verse 27. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged them and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. We can't miss the sequence there. He sits down with Priscilla and Aquila. We see this man having a teachable, humble spirit. And the result of that forever changed his ministry and his effectiveness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. How do we know? After he meets with Priscilla and Aquila, he gets acquainted with them. He's a part of the brotherhood now in Ephesus. And this is the first truth that we can learn from having a teachable spirit. Is that when we have a teachable spirit, you can guarantee open doors in ministry. Now, this isn't just for full-time ministers because all of us in here have been called to a specific ministry. And as we said earlier, we should each eagerly desire to be used by God more and more. And if we want that, we must have a teachable spirit. And when we have a teachable spirit, when we have that humble humility radiating out of our hearts, we can guarantee this first truth that there will be open doors in ministry. What happens? He says here he wants to go to Achaia. It says that he desired to go to Achaia. And that's a desire he had. I want to go further in my ministry. I want to preach. I want to tell people. I want to be an apologist. I want to defend the faith. He had that desire. And what happens? The brothers saw that and they wrote a letter to the brothers in Achaia to recommend Apollos. Now, this is not a promise that if you have a humble spirit and a teachable spirit that you're going to be famous and you're going to have a platform ministry. That's not what this text is trying to say. But what we can take out of this text is this, is that when you have a teachable spirit, it affects your reputation. It affects your reputation. It affects how people see you, and it affects how God is able to use you. Despite your giftedness, like Apollos, despite your abilities, despite your knowledge, despite your charisma, if you do not have a teachable spirit, you can guarantee a limitation to your ministry. But with the teachable spirit, God is able to use you. And guess what? People are willing to work with you. People are, will be able to say, I can work with this individual because they're teachable. They're humble. They don't think they know it all. They don't think that they have everything in their heads. They're accurate. No, they are saying, I can be more accurate. They can work with the team. They can work with the worship team. They can work with the preaching and evangelism team. They can work with the apologetics team. And because of that, Apollos had greater opportunity in ministry. And so above everything else, and I can tell you horror stories of people who had all the gifting but had no character and literally cut their ministry short because they thought that they had it all. And we can hear glory stories of those who might have not had the extent of knowledge or ability, but because of their humility, God says, I can work with that person. And people say, I'm willing to work with that person when we have a teachable spirit, there are greater opportunities for greater doors to open in ministry. But secondly, it's not just greater opportunities in ministry. It's greater effectiveness in ministry. What does it say here? When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public Showing by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. So not just greater opportunities, greater effectiveness. Because when you posture yourself and say, Lord, I want to learn more. When you posture yourself saying, Lord, I'm not better than anybody else, but I want to be teachable. You create a funnel For yourself to being poured into in order for you to grow and excel and become more effective for Christ. A person that thinks they know it all, a person that thinks that it's all about them, a person that thinks that they don't need to grow and learn, they will not grow and learn. And if you're not going to grow and learn, you're not going to be more effective. It's as simple as that. But when a person says, I'm willing to receive correction, when a person says I'm willing to be rebuked, not just from people but even from God Himself, that person has created a channel through that teachable spirit to receive greater power and effectiveness in their ministry. That as long as you keep your heart humble, as long as you say, I'm willing to work with others, I'm willing to put myself lower, I'm not, I'm not going to elevate myself. As long as you have that teachable spirit, there is no limitation to how you can grow in your effectiveness and your power and in your influence in ministry. You want to limit your ministry? I think you know it all. Lord over people when you work in a group and you'll limit your ministry. But if you want to become more effective, if you want to become more influential for God, not saying you become famous, not saying you get a Facebook page and everybody likes your page and your quotes. No, no, no. But just being effective for God, you must have a teachable spirit. And Apollos here from Alexandria, he comes to Ephesus. And who knew that in 1 Corinthians... We see in three and four, the chapters, that he would be named alongside with Peter and Paul. You say, I follow Cephas. You say, I follow Apollos. You say, I follow Paul. He was named amongst the apostles. Now, once again, we have to be careful here. It's not saying that if we become, we have a teachable spirit that we're going to be with the big star ministers. That's not what it's saying. But humility comes before honor. That's what we can learn from that. Humility comes before honor. And pride comes before destruction. And so if you and I want to be honored in the eyes of men, not seeking their praise, but being recognized as a man and a woman of God, it all starts with a teachable spirit. Look how this teachable spirit, from just listening to a couple named Priscilla and Aquila... Look at what happened to the future of this man named Apollos. And brothers and sisters, at whatever capacity the Lord may use you, regardless, may you and I continually have this teachable spirit that says, I'm willing to receive correction from my brothers and sisters. I'm willing to receive correction from my leaders. I'm willing to put aside even my own ideas and my, own, and my preferences For the sake of working well with others to advance the kingdom of God. I'm willing also to learn from anyone. Meaning, even whoever stands behind this pulpit. Though I don't know their name, I'm willing to come and listen and learn. Because God is speaking through His word. And when you have that heart, that not just says, yes, I'm willing to receive correction And I'm willing to receive instruction, but I eagerly desire knowledge and I eagerly desire to learn how to grow. When you have that, like Apollos, there's no knowing of how God can use you. And you and I need to take these same principles and say, Lord, give me that teachable spirit. There's so much more to learn from Apollos, but we have to make another side note. We have to flip the perspective here. We learn a lot from this man, but there's also a lot to learn from Priscilla and Aquila. That yes, we must be like Apollos to know how to receive correction. But if we, like Priscilla and Aquila, want to give correction, there's a certain way to do it. If we see something in a brother or sister in Christ that requires improvement, requires something for them to excel more in their faith and in their devotion and their reflection of Christ, notice how Priscilla and Aquila did it. After the Ap- Apollos, not apostle, Apollos preaches his sermon, it says they took him aside and they explained to him the ways of God more accurately. You know what they didn't do when Apollos finished preaching? False teacher! You done messed up, Apollos! You don't have all your theology right. They didn't go on Facebook and blast the person to pieces. Like so many people do today. No, they took him aside and they explained to him the things of God more accurately. They made it a private matter. What does that say of them? They truly cared and loved apollos they surely have seen the gifting on his life they surely have seen the things in his life in which god has blessed them and because they care because these this couple loved god they spoke into his life there's a valuable principle there for each of us that feel like they need to correct somebody because at times you and i might feel like we need to correct a brother or sister in christ here's the valuable lesson that if you want to receive the license to speak into somebody's life, you must first show them that you actually care for their well-being. If you want to find the right to speak into somebody's life, you must do it because you want to see them grow in Christ, and you want to see them excel in their ministry, and you want to make sure that they reflect Christ rightly, and accurately, and more accurately. If that's not your heart posture, be careful of who you correct. Be careful of attempting to correct anyone. But like Priscilla and Aquila, we must be people to say, I love you enough to speak into your life and say, listen, you can grow in this area. Listen, I've seen this, I've noticed this for a few weeks, and I want to say this into you. I do this because I love you. I do this because I want to see you grow. I do this because I believe what God has called you to do. And praise God by His providence and by His wisdom and by His sovereignty, Apollos had the opportunity And the privilege of having this couple speak into his life. And if there's one thing that we can take out of this sermon as an application. At least is this. That you and I would seek the Lord and ask him for people to speak into our lives. In order for us to grow more in Christ. Do you have people like that in your life? Do you have people in your life that you have given permission to speak into what might need to be changed in you. When you do that, when you posture yourself in that way, that is a reflection of a teachable spirit. They're saying, I want people and I need people to say, when I can't see things in my life that they're willing to speak into in order for me to grow. Apollos, though he had all those things, There's one thing to admire. He had a teachable spirit. Let's ask God to do that today. Would you pray with me?